Welcome to the Money Podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 48. And today's episode is sponsored by the Mapped Out Money Minute. It's a daily podcast. We talk about a lot of the same stuff that we talk about on this show, but it's much, much, much shorter, you know, normally one to two minutes and just gives you a little quick dose of some finance or topics about money to give you a thought for the day. So if that sounds like something you would like to check out, just search for Mapped Out Money Minute in your favorite podcast player and we'll see you over there. So today's episode is... um birthed out of uh, a lot of questions, a lot of different types of questions that we've gotten over the years. So this question normally is something along the lines of when I'm feeling really this way, insert some negative emotion, right? Stressed out, uh, overwhelmed, upset, sad, whatever. I end up spending money in ways that I'm not happy with, right? A lot of people at the bottom line, they, they cope with struggles by spending. And this can come out in a ton of different ways. And so that really is is today's episode is is when we get that question of, hey, I struggle with this and I spend money. What do I do? Yeah, it is so important like for your budget, because so many of the ways that we do cope with stress involve spending. Yes. It's not like just buying stuff for some people. It's doing something else that also costs money. <laughs> yeah. Even even just like eating more than usual at your house. Totally. Okay. Like now you're running up your grocery budget yep. or, you know, whatever. So it is an interesting thing to think about. Before we get into it, though, I, I do want to give a disclaimer. When we start talking about stress and anxiety and, and sort of habits or habitual spending, it's important to recognize that Hannah and I are not therapists. We're not licensed, uh, you know, health, mental health experts at all. By any means. By any means. And, you know, I've coached a a lot of people through building a budget that they can stick with. And so we have that to lean on. But when it comes to um, some legitimate strong anxiety or or sort of, uh, you know, mental health struggles around money, that's not our area of expertise. And so, you know, take today's episode. If that's you, take today's episode with a grain of salt. And then we would encourage you to, um, you know, maybe seek out some more expert advice. And with that in mind, the other thing I wanted to mention at the top here is if you've really struggled with um, spending and debt in a way that you feel like it almost might be like a spending addiction, then you should really, really check out uh, Debtors Anonymous, which is, um, you know, it's the same sort of programming as Alcoholics Anonymous. It's a 12-step program, but for people who really struggle to get out of debt. And it's a phenomenal program. They do a great job. And uh, I, I personally know some folks who have gone through the program and had success Um, And so I would really encourage you to check that out. We'll leave a link to their website down in the show notes, but it's just debtorsanonymous.org. So I just wanted to throw all that out there at the top here before we get into some tips or some thoughts on how to deal with overspending due to being stressed out or some sort of negative emotion. The first thing that we've got to talk about is um, an exercise to help you regulate when you do start feeling like super stressed or anxious or uh, depressed or whatever, whatever emotion where you find yourself trying to cope with it. So the first step in this kind of exercise is to make a list of all the different ways that you cope with quote unquote dysregulation. So the first place I actually heard of this was from a friend of ours named Jillian. Uh, her name's Jillian Johnsrud. She's also sort of in this personal finance space. She was explaining this idea of 
when you're feeling dysregulated, you try to get back to regulation, right? Which is just your normal baseline of however you normally feel. It's like the old um, biology days of homeostasis. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And a lot of us try lots of different things to get back to homeostasis or regulation. And some of these activities are better than others, right? That <laughs> Some of them are, um, quote unquote, healthy things that you can do. Basically, you could do as, as much as you wanted to, really without negative consequences. And then other of these activities, these coping mechanisms are not so great. And if we aren't careful, we can do them too much. And then that ends up causing a whole host of other issues. So to your point, first step is just to simply write down the things that you turn to so that you at least have them written down and we can talk about them. Like, what are your go-tos? What are the things that you find yourself going to over and over and over again that try to help you bring you back to regulation? And so then the second step that goes right along with that is looking back through that list that you've written down and kind of identifying which ones of these are healthy slash I could do as much of them as I wanted to without too many bad consequences, really. Um, versus unhealthy where it's like, okay, if I'm not careful, this can be too much very It's going to lead to other, other issues. Yeah. I, I think about it like, um, how do I feel after doing the activities? Do they actually help me get back to disreg- or to regulation or, or am I now just feeling bad in Even another more way? Even dysregulated, right? yeah. For me, one of my worst ones, and we'll get into mine and Hannah's here in a second, but one of my go-tos that's really bad is um, doom scrolling right on Twitter. Um, I've heard people call it that, where it's just sort of endlessly scrolling on Twitter, looking at like all the negativity and like drama of what's going on. I'm really bad about that when I'm feeling down or struggling or stressed, I'll go to Twitter, which is like the last place you should go yeah. if you are, you know, not feeling. I say that great. like I know I don't have a Twitter, so I, I never get on. Well, it, it, it's mostly just imagine. people yelling at each other, but yeah. I guess it's entertaining for me or something. And so I'm drawn to it. And but after, if I find myself scrolling on Twitter for an hour, I don't feel better mm-hmm. after that. And so that's where, to your point, you know, go through your list and, and circle the ones that are like really healthy. Like I could basically do that as much as I would like and. Like, that's good. That will help regulate me, help yeah, me feel better. Yeah, it actually does help me feel better. Because yes. some things that we do that we think are helping to regulate us, like you said, really don't. And we just come out feeling worse than we did to start with. And so it's important. And I know we're going to, we haven't really given a ton of examples yet. It'll make more sense when we give you our examples from mine and Hannah's. But the the third thing is to have this list like really handy and actually start utilizing it when you're struggling and pick things off the list in a certain way. Have a rule for yourself. So like for me, uh, I legitimately have like a notes app on my phone of the, you know, like top sort of uh, seven, eight things that I, that consistently work for me when I'm feeling stressed and and uh, sort of anxious about something. These are the things that I can go to that will help bring me back. And I don't allow myself to choose more than one from the like quote unquote unhealthy list. If one of my things is eating a bowl of ice cream, I can't eat a bowl of ice cream while doom scrolling Twitter while also doing some other negative thing, right? I can't stack those together. What I can do, though, is I can pick as many different things off sort of the healthy list as possible, and I'll allow myself to pair them with something from more the unhealthy side, but I can't just automatically go to the unhealthy side. And it's 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 trying really hard to recognize that, hey, I am struggling right now. I am stressing. I am anxious. 
And normally my go-to is to go do this thing. For a lot of people, it's spending money in places that they really shouldn't be or aren't going to be happy with later. And recognizing it, catching yourself, looking at your list and going, you know, instead of doing that, I'm going to go choose these other healthy things that I know are going to help me feel better. So why don't you go ahead and give us your examples of coping mechanisms? Um, I'll go ahead and break them up into sort of the, the what I call unhealthy or, or, you know, more neutral and healthy. So the, for the unhealthy ones for me, my go-tos are doom scrolling Twitter, overeating, eating fast food. Like I want just like something super fried and ridiculous <laughs> and oversleeping. So that's one of the ways I avoid my problems. Is, we have that one in common. Yeah, we're both um, we're both bad about that. Mm-hmm. And and so I do. I and And to me, oversleeping like... I'm not talking about going and just taking a short nap. Like, that's probably actually good. But I'm talking about going and sleeping for 12 hours, 13 hours, 14 hours, and just avoiding. And then binging Netflix. And while doing any one of those things in moderation is not bad, right? Like, if I'm feeling a little down, okay, maybe I can go take a nap. Yeah, maybe you need a 20-minute nap to, like, reset. Or, like, I'll go watch a show on Netflix that's happy and makes me feel good. But watching 10 hours of Netflix while overeating fast food and ice cream, and then <laughs> and sleeping, sleeping for 12 hours. It's not helpful. Not, not good, not good. So then my, my, my personal go-to list on the healthy side is um, either drinking coffee or going to a really cool coffee shop that I like, which does spend a little bit of money, but since it's coffee, it's not normally a ton, right? It's a relatively small expense. Reading, walking outside. So getting outside is a big one for me that helps me a ton. And then just working out or running. And so from a practical standpoint, if I catch myself feeling anxious um, and all of a sudden I'm feeling stressed and I'm, I'm feeling like I want to go do something uh, negative to cope, I will pull up my list and I'll try to pair some things together. And so this is where one of the best things to bring me back to like, ah, is to go walk to a coffee shop, get a $5 coffee and walk around for an hour. Yeah. If I can walk outside, walk, get coffee, walk outside, that is huge for me and will totally just chill me out and bring me back and you know at the end of the day you can pretty much walk as much as you want you know for the most (laughs) part you're gonna be all right (laughs) uh for the most part there's no walking too much yeah and so that's one where i can just do that i can go and just walk so those are my that's my go-to's We've tried to get better about like if we have a day where we're feeling off or something. Um, I think we have done a better job here the last couple of weeks of of going like, hey, let's let's go walk to the coffee shop and walk around for a few minutes, yeah. and and then we'll go back and get started on that thing or whatever. And it does it just it helps us get off on a better foot like when we're when yeah. we're having an off day. Um, okay, so my unhealthy ones are dessert. No surprise there. I mean, I love dessert. I love dessert when I'm stressed or when I'm not stressed. So, but uh, it does get worse when I'm stressed. Well, dessert too is dangerous because it, depending on the type of dessert you have, you can just have like an endless amount, right? Because oh, like, like M&M's Like if you something? go get M&M's, yeah. you're just sitting there just like, oh yeah, just nonstop. Oh yeah. Dangerous. And then my, I also sleep. I like major big time will sleep avoidance yep 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 um and then my other one not surprising tj maxing slash antiquing and then i like to binge watch old tv shows and by old i mean like gilmore girls so let's pause here on this one because this is one that i see from a lot of clients that we work with a lot your tj maxx one for for a lot of people it's target um 
or there's probably a couple other stores, but the idea of Amazon's probably a big Amazon. One. Well, that that's that's the online, which is even even harder, right? So the physical store though is I'm feeling stressed, I'm feeling worked up, I'm freaked out, I'm anxious, whatever. I'm just going to go to Target, mm-hmm. right? Or I'm just going to go to TJ Maxx or whatever. And now it's not like I'm going to go buy this item. It's like I'm going to go walk around. I'm going to go make myself feel better here in Target, yes. which is dangerous. Which is like a recipe for spending a whole bunch of money, right? Um, but yeah, and then to your point, what a lot of people do these days especially is uh, I'm going to scroll Instagram or I'm going to scroll Amazon, Amazon and look. And Instagram is almost worse these days because they've integrated the shopping experience so well into the platform. So now you can spend so much money off the back of Instagram without really catching yourself very, very, very quickly. And if that's your go-to coping mechanism, you're going to end up spending a ton of money that ultimately you're going to have remorse about later on. It's not going to help bring you back to regulation. You might get that little dopamine hit in the immediate sort of here and now, but it's not going to feel good later. You'll probably regret it when it shows up at your door. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so my healthy ones are like you walking mm-hmm. um, and then reading listening to podcasts, especially like ones that are motivational or like productivity focused. Well, you and also like, um, like a learning type podcast. Yeah. Cause you like one of your favorites you listen to is like the travel podcast. Yeah. Strong and sense I, of place. I wouldn't even call them motivational. Yeah. They're right? not. They're, 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 but they, you learn about all these cool places. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. They are uplifting though. So maybe, maybe that's like a good word. Like, you know, stuff that makes me feel, uh, positive hopeful positive yeah yeah i think that's a known another one of your maybe unhealthy oh that's an unhealthy i didn't write that down you're yeah. right nick like if he's like down or stressed or whatever like he's gonna find the most downer music ever yeah. and I have a, yes i have a bad time wallowing in it yeah i'm like a, i want to get like a like a puppy with like mud or something i just want to like lay around in yeah. it it's really bad it's that inner angsty teenager it's just gotta come out i will i'll go turn on the fray or some like my <laughs> chemical romance or something <laughs> oh gosh yeah funny story back when we were dating um the first trip that i was going on with your family yeah and it was like this week-long car show tour yeah my, my dad's a, he's a big car guy we um we used to go to this hot rod power tour and basically we would go set up in a new city every night it was like a new car show every night in a different city yeah and so the night before we were leaving we got in an argument over something and i genuinely do not remember what Who it was knows, over probably something dumb um and you were just in a really bad mood and and i think i might have said something like oh my gosh you're in a terrible mood you need to snap out of it and that made you mad and um so the next day nick is like still in this bad mood and we get in the car together and yeah we're we're driving separate cars from everybody and me and you were in our car and my parents are in theirs yeah and uh we we get on uh, the road that Nick's parents' house is on, and Nick is just like blaring the fray and won't talk to me. And I was like, okay. And I, I remember turning the music down and being like, okay, are we going to break up? Because if so, we need to do it right now. Because I am not about to go on this trip with like you and your family, with like us being weird the whole time, slash about to break up, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> we need to break up and you need to take me back to my car. We're going to do it. Or you just need to start acting normal. And and then you were like, snapped out of it. We're normal. It, but <laughs> I do. I, I do. You're totally right. I have a, one of my bad, unhealthy coping mechanisms is I, I will put on sad music 
and I just wallow <laughs> in it. And you're like, everything's fine. No, nothing's wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm not proud of it. Anyways, I'm I'm sorry. I'm not picking on you. I, it's I'm laughing with you, not at you. Mm, okay. Um. Anyway, so podcast. Yeah. So like Jocko, the creative pep talk, strong sense of place. Those are like my go tos to make me feel better. And then. I like to take classes, like learning something. So I just got a Skillshare membership like a couple of months ago. This sounds like sponsored. It's <laughs> hashtag, not. Hashtag not sponsored. Um, so going on the air and even if I just watch the class and I don't do it, it just makes me feel better to, I don't know. Okay, I did something productive. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's also, as everybody knows, tons of like free tutorials on uh, YouTube. So a lot of the artists that I like, they'll do like a draw with me kind of thing on on YouTube. And so I like going and watching those too. Working on some sort of project. So just like working on something with my hands normally makes me feel better. Taking care of plants, that kind of goes along with that one. I've, I've recently gotten into plants like every other <laughs> woman 20, on the face 20, of the planet. 29-year-old yeah. white girl. Yeah. Um, anyways... Planning and journaling are the other thing that make me feel better. And I think that's like having some sort of like sense of control. You know what I mean? It just makes me feel better to sit down and try to get my head wrapped around what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, going back to like the practical standpoint, you've got a list now. And so when you catch yourself struggling or feeling down rather than going to, you know, TJ Maxx and maybe ended up spending more money than you would want to if you consciously thought about it, you can pick something on the more healthy list, right? Skillshare yeah. class or taking care of plants or... Well, and you and compare those thing, up, right? You take care of plants while listening to a podcast or yeah. whatever. My thing with coping by shopping too is that even if I don't overspend dollar-wise, I'm probably not going to be happy with whatever it is that I spent the money on. Totally. Like I, I could be well within my spending money, but normally it's going to be like, I wouldn't have bought that under normal circumstances. Like yeah. I, I was just... In a, in a weird mood, Yep. you know? Yep. And then um, I had this quote that I wanted to include because I just read this in an email the other day from James Clear, and it's from the author T.H. White, which, um, hang on, let me look that up. I don't even know who he is. He's best known for The Once and Future King. Um, so The Once and Future King apparently is like a series with the first in the series being The Sword and the Stone. Oh, okay. Yeah. T.H. White's quote is, The best thing for being sad is to learn something. That's the only thing that never fails. You may grow old and trembling in your anatomies. You may lie awake at night listening to the disorder of your veins. You may miss your only love. You may see the world about you devastated by evil lunatics or know your honor trampled in the sewers of baser minds. There is only one thing for it then, to learn. Learn why the world wags and what wags it. That is the only thing which the mind can never exhaust, never alienate, never be tortured by, never fear or distrust, and never dream of regretting. So I just thought that was kind of a fun Yeah, I love that. So that kind of brings us to the end of the first section of this podcast. It's just a simple regulation exercise that... Even if it, even if you're listening and it sounds hokey, I really, really encourage you to do it. Write down some of those habits and some of those go-to things and put it in a quick, easy-to-access place. Even if you know them in your head, write it down and put it in your journal or put it on your phone or whatever so that when you feel yourself getting anxious and feel yourself stressing, just pull that list up and just pick a couple. And, you know, like I said, for me, walking, working out, running – those are my big go-tos, and then you know some of my other ones I'll, I'll read or do something like that, but that helps me a ton, and I know that. And so now, rather than going and doing whatever else I want to go do in the moment, 
I can look at my list and, and force myself to try to choose something a little bit more healthy. The second sort of half of this podcast, what we want to talk about is how can you slowly start weaning away from it without letting it wreck your budget? Because I think it's really hard to go cold turkey and just say like, hey, next time you're stressed, just don't spend money. To, to drop that, if that's something you struggle with, that's not a very helpful thing to say. Yeah. So how how can we make that more actionable? And kind of what we came up with is, in general, you need to get clarity around what you want your life to look like yep. in the future. And we talk about that all, all the, the time. time. Yep. So then from there, we're going to get hyper-focused on how you actually handle it with your budget. Nick and I... We approach this a little differently. Yeah. We actually have different opinions on how this is helpful. Um so why don't you do the first one? Because that yeah, so, one's the way you prefer. Yeah. So I, I think this is actually good though, because it'll showcase the way that we different the way that we think about it. So if you're struggling with this, if you resonate with with the way I think about it, then great, try that. If you resonate with the way that Hannah thinks about it, then try that. the The way that I was thinking about it was um, to actually plan to struggle a little bit is the way I was sort of calling it. And so this means literally create a category in your budget where you budget a little bit of extra money each month to basically be there for when you're stressed out. Almost like a, a stress emergency fund. Yeah, like a stress emergency fund. And so, you know, we've set this up before with certain folks and, and they'll call it things like my flush account or my overspending or for literally have a category called for when I stress out or overage. And so then when you catch yourself um, spending out of stress and out of anxiousness, you already have money ready to go exactly for that problem. And so now it, it's not quite as harmful on your budget overall because you've planned for it. Obviously, over time, we want to get that amount down because the whole purpose of budgeting in the first place is to spend money on your highest priorities and the things you care about. And if you're spending from a place of stress, you're probably not spending on the things that you care about the most. But this is sort of an intermediate step to plan for that struggle. So... If you use YNAB, what's important to know or any other budgeting thing that gives you reports. I mean, yeah, like all the reports, reports are, are going to work differently. Yeah. But like in this category in wine or in this uh, example, if you're using YNAB, you're not going to be able to look at your reports and see how much you spent from stressing out. Yes. Right. Because the idea is that you're just setting aside money for it. But then let's say that you go out to eat because you're stressed. I would still categorize that as eating out or still categorize that as clothing or whatever the thing we bought. And then you just cover the overspending. And then I just cover the overspending from sort of my extra little, you know, slush Stressing fund, out. stress, stress yeah. out category. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, to your point, if I'm using a budgeting tool that generates reports of some kind and I'm doing it that way, I'm not really going to be able to look back and see how much I did just because I was stressed out. But yeah, to me, I didn't feel like that mattered as much, but totally get your thing and I actually like yours too. So why don't you share your way? I guess what I wanted from this is like being able to see how how much am I stress spending or whatever? Yeah. Like how big of an impact is this having on me? And is it something that I need to be trying to get to the root of like, okay, what what's causing this? Yeah, what do I need to deal with here uh, so that I'm not doing this? So the way I would handle it is having like, you know, the same type of category, like an I'm stressed category or whatever, but putting no money allotted to that category. Like, you know, okay, my goal is to spend zero, zero. here. But if I go out and get dessert 
because I'm feeling super stressed. Then I have to take money away from my eating out category to cover the overspending in my I'm stressed category. So it's just like the reverse of what yep, you're doing. That's right. But then that way I can look at the reports and see like, oh, okay, I spent $150 because I was stressed last month. And then this month I spent $300 because I was stressed. Like what the heck's going yeah, on with what's that? Going on? Yeah. What I like about your way is it uh, sort of forces you to make a trade off, right? It forces you to say, okay, I'm stressed out, but I still want to buy this thing. So I'm going to have to take it from somewhere, mm-hmm. right? And it forces you to to do that. It also gives you the, uh, I think it's cool because it gives you the information. Yeah. After the fact, if you're going to go back and look at it. Well, and I think it's really interesting to look at too. Like say you started a new job and all of a sudden you start looking at your budget and you notice like, wow, man, I'm spending like way more just like going out to stores. Yeah. yeah, You know, whatever. And what, what does this correlate with? And then like you go back and see like, oh, this is actually when I took that new job. Like, is this job like weighing on me in a negative way? Like, is there a way that I can, um, can, can do a better job of handling things at work so that I'm not feeling this way? Like when I get home or I don't know, I, I just think that there's a lot of information that you could get from that. Yeah. The, the bottom line, I think, with either one of these really is to go ahead now and plan for the fact that life is stressful. And if you're struggling with stress and anxiety and overwhelm, that it can impact your budget. And we want to do as much as possible to plan ahead of time for when that happens, whether it's setting aside money for it so that you don't feel as bad about it and you just, hey, it is what it is right now. Or if it's, no, let's actually track it because I want to see how much I'm doing because of stress and I want to try to get that down over time. Um, The best thing that we can do when we're struggling with something is to shine a light on it and actually bring that into the light and into awareness and actually see what's truly going on. And that's really what these two uh, sort of exercises are about. I think the other thing that is interesting to me about this is you probably haven't seen as much of this because you're, you're not really into like the bullet journaling type stuff or whatever. But if you look into bullet journaling, you'll start seeing where people, I can't even really remember what they call it, but like emotion journaling or something. And they'll, they'll literally, there's all different ways of doing it, but a lot of them are just like drawing, drawing a face to represent like how you felt overall that day and uh, going back and looking through your journal and seeing like, Oh, this happened on that day. And this is how I was feeling and whatever. So taking that concept and then applying it to your money and your budget, I think is a really cool kind of thing. Yeah, no, I I like that. I haven't thought about that before. I like that idea a lot. The concept makes sense, right? We talk about it all the time. Money is like money is this, it's a number. But the second you put a dollar sign in front of a number, it turns into this emotional thing. Mm-hmm. It, and it becomes not logical and not objective at all. It becomes this heavy emotional thing. And the more that we can, like I said, shine a light on those emotions and be aware of them, uh, I think the better off we're going to be. Yep. I totally agree. Is there anything else you want to talk about there? I don't think so. All right. Let's uh, get into stuff we like. Stuff we like. I am liking... This book called The Supple Leopard. I was wondering what you were about to say. You're like looking around your desk. I was like, did you not think about this before? No, I thought about it. I, <laughs> I, I, I'll I, tell you what it was. I was trying to work in a way 
for how I could tell the story of me being on crutches for the last little bit. Oh my gosh, Nick loves talking about being on crutches. <laughs> uh, so I turned my ankle and I sprained it. I think I ripped some ligaments in it. This is like the fourth time I've done it to this ankle Rip. in my life. Rip the ligaments. I do it never doing anything exciting. The first time I did it, I was pulling weeds in my mom's garden when I was like 15. Uh, actually, I think it was 14 because it was freshman year of high school because I started out as a freshman on crutches. I remember that very well. It sucked. So... Anyways, uh, I've been on Did crutches. Did you listen to the fray after you did it? Probably. Probably. Uh, so my ankle's been all black and blue and swollen up, and uh, I was hobbling around on crutches for a bit. But this book, The Supple Leopard by Kelly Starrett, we got a little while back, and it's pretty incredible. Um, if you it have- It's dense. It's dense. It's like a textbook. So yeah, you're never going to like, I'm reading the, through the book. I mean, some people might. I guess. What, what you're really going to do is if, if you're like into working out- uh, or if you just have any kind of pain, I would recommend you check out this book because he's got incredible exercises for pretty much anything. Um, when I was struggling with some knee stuff, even just like a month or two ago, and I just looked up like knee pain in his book. And I know you could find this stuff on YouTube and you could, I mean, I could Google it and whatever, but to know that I have like this trusted resource on some go-to exercises for how to solve pain is nice. The other thing that he has is the Ready State. Yeah, the app. Ready State app. And He's got a uh, podcast called the Ready State. Yeah, but they market that as like a virtual mobility coach. Yeah. So if that's anything that you're you know, interested, interested in. in, but yeah, so we we have his book. It's very helpful, especially for stuff like this. Um, so you want to do a summary for yeah, us? Yeah, we'll do a summary. So if you struggle with anxiety or overspending due to stress, a couple of exercises. The first one. Don't discount the regulation exercise, even if it sounds maybe a little goofy or elementary. Write down your go-to activities that will bring you back to some sort of steady state or regulation and put it somewhere you can access very quickly and break those up into healthy and unhealthy groupings. And next time you find yourself being anxious or stressed, try to remember to pull out your phone, look at that list, and snag a couple of things off that healthy list and just go and do those. Even if they're really short, right? Could be as, as short as take five deep breaths. And then the second thing is if you are, again, struggling with the, sort of the overspending with stress, how do we not let that wreck your budget? We do it by trying to bring a lot of awareness to it. And so make a plan for it. Either have a budgeted line item where you set aside money specifically to handle that stress spending, or as Hannah laid out, have a category or a way to track your uh, stress spending, and then recognize that you have to take money from somewhere else in your budget to cover that stress spending. And then that way you can track it over time and see what's going on and hopefully make some changes as you go. Also, another quick reminder, we are hosting a book club virtual meetup on June 28th at 7 p.m. Central Daylight Savings Time. And the book we're doing is The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. So if you haven't started reading that book yet, snag that book, Psychology of Money. It's really good. I think you're going to really like it. We're excited to see who all shows up to talk about that book on June 28th. If you want to make sure that you get the right links and everything for the book club sign up, uh, go to mappedoutmoney.com forward slash book club, and you can sign up there to be notified. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week.